0: My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Thursday, November 12th. Man, oh man, and I tell you, I thought we were in an era in fantasy football where people didn't go after players when uh, they don't perform well for their stupid fantasy teams, but I guess I was wrong. I don't know if you follow me on Twitter, but at Jeff Ratcliffe, somebody came after Chris Carson, and (laughs) Chris Carson's responses made me like him a whole lot more. He he moved up the power rankings, but come on, man. Going after a player because of your silly $50 entry fantasy league, your, your eight-team league, come on, man. Seriously, no business in fantasy football with any of that crap. That dude does not belong in our game, should not be playing our game. Uh, if you want to see what I'm talking about, though, go hit that up on Twitter at Jeff Radcliffe. Stupid, stupid. All right, wanted to start today with that. We're lucky enough to play this game, based this this fantasy game, fancy foosballs, based on another game. We're lucky enough to play it, and the players are the the big reason why. They're not the only reason, but they are the big reason why we get to play it. Uh, we should celebrate those dudes, even if they're hurt. Stupid. Anyway. <laughs> We got a good pod for you today after that rant. Uh, there you Now you understand the origin of that name. <laughs> and uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Of course, we'll talk wide receiver cornerbacks for you. But I got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. MonkeyKnifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifight.com there's no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance of winning even you. MonkeyKnifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, esports, and of course football. Monkey Knife fight they have it all. And you know what else? Monkeyknifefight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. I've done this read for 90 days at least, and it doesn't say signing up on my read. It says singing up. So just for singing up, spell check. And if you, technically singing is spelled right in the read. But if you use the promo code RANT... You'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50, and it took me a legit month to realize that it said singing up, and then I've just been reading it ever since. You'll get your first deposit matched instantly up to $50, though. That's the key point. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sing up to play (laughs) monkeys and knives and fights and sports. I kid, but I love Monkey Knife Fight. I kid play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. And really, why do I like it? Because I love player props and the game is basically player props. It's player prop related. It, if you get player props and you like player props like I do, you'll love Monkey Knife Fight. It's just that that simple. Sign up with that promo code rant and uh, that hooks us up, that hooks you up, hooks everybody up, hooks Monkey Knife Fight up. It's, it's a good thing. So there you go. There you go. Let's dive into the matchups. I'm not going to talk about tonight's contest because I'm recording this at four in the afternoon. I would love to be able to record these shows earlier, by the way. People are like, well, why don't you record them earlier? Kind of have a national radio show that I do uh, in the mornings, uh, weekdays, which really puts a damper on recording the podcast in the morning. Uh, Occasionally, we will get some done in the mornings, as you notice, but uh, I do my best. I do my best. Get the info out there. That's all that matters. So, Anyway, um, we'll dive into the first matchup on my list, which of course is Houston and Cleveland. And really, I, I think this is a pretty fascinating matchup. Not necessarily because it's like massive downgrades or do not play. No, there's no downgrades. But I'm really interested to see if Jarvis Landry's target volume continues to be high. We saw 11 targets the last time we saw him. Of course, that was the first game without Odell Beckham Jr. Then they had their bye week, though. But I do expect another healthy dose of him. And the nice thing is, if Bradley Roby is back on the field, I don't expect him to shadow. Shadow corners typically, you know, shadow coverage rarely covers the slot. I've seen it happen. I'm not going to say it never happens, it's just not typically what a lot of teams will do if they have a true shadow. So I wouldn't expect the star treatment here for Jarvis Landry. And that means he's going to see a lot of Eric Murray in the slot. He's allowing a 77% catch rate, 12 yards per catch, two scores in his coverage this season. On the other side, it's it's definitely not an upgrade, but I wouldn't call it a downgrade either for Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks. There are parts to this Cleveland secondary that I like, parts that I think are exploitable, like Terrence Mitchell, for example. Over the last five games, he has allowed a 63% catch rate, 13.7 yards per catch. So he's a little bit exploitable. That's where Will Fuller will line up um, on most of his routes. Well, not most. I mean, 46% of the time he's lined up at on the left, which would be against Terrence Mitchell. So about half of his routes. That would put uh, Brandon Cooks against Denzel Ward, who has allowed scores in four of eight games. So there's times where Ward looks really good, but also he's been prone to give up touchdowns. So more of a neutral matchup for those guys. Uh, Moving on to our next contest, Washington and Detroit. I don't think Kenny Galladay plays, so Marvin Jones will be out there, but I don't like messing with this secondary. Kendall Fuller has been balling out this year. Ten catches. That's all he's allowed in six games. Four interceptions over that span as well. So that's a tougher matchup. Um, On the other side, I mentioned on Twitter, I had said something to the effect of, you know, Desmond Trufant shadowed Adam Thielen last week. And of course, the Twitter ding-dongs came out, uh, uh, anybody could have shadowed Adam Thielen last I could have shadowed Adam Thielen. No, you couldn't, bro. No, you couldn't shadow Adam Thielen. <laughs> you definitely couldn't. There's only a few uh, corners in the league who I'd feel confident in that, but the point wasn't to say, oh, Desmond Trufant shut him down. No, the reason that he didn't do anything is because they don't throw the freaking football. Anybody knows that. But the key here was that Desmond Trufant got back on the field and was immediately used as a shadow. So I do expect him to shadow again this week. That would be Terry McLaurin. And Terry McLaurin has a sizable advantage on Desmond Trufant. He's allowed eight of 12 targets to be caught this season. And he did give up a touchdown back in week four. That was against the Saints. Jacksonville, Green Bay, DJ Chark. Him and Luton. It got something, huh? 146 on seven and a score last week, but mm, let's see what happened was if Jair gets back on the field, he's going to shadow DJ Chark. Jair has been the best cornerback in the league this season, so Jair Alexander not good for Chark. If he doesn't, then we could see Kevin King shadow. I wouldn't put it past the Packers because they do expect King back. If Alexander's back and King is back, Bad for Chark, and also bad for Chris Conley if you were trying to punt with him in DFS. Devontae Adams, not bad at all. And listen to this. Sidney Jones last week allowed four catches for 77 and a score. C.J. Henderson allowed nine catches for 170 over the last two games. So yeah, giddy up Adams. And if Lazard gets back on the field, it's not official yet, but I do think he will play. Then I do like the matchup for him as well. Not enough to play him in season long, but definitely enough to give him a look in DFS. Philly and the Giants. Somebody asked me about Darius Slayton today. Well, we just saw this game only a few weeks ago back in week seven. Darius Slay, shadow Darius Slayton. I expect that to happen again. Why? Why not Sterling Shepard? Two reasons. Sterling Shepard will kick to the slot a lot. I don't think we're going to see a lot of golden take going forward. And Darius Slayton killed the Eagles last year. So they're going to make a priority to not let that happen again. So I would not be using Darius Slayton at all. Uh, Slay was on him 89% of routes, two catches for 23 yards. I think it does make Sterling Shepard kind of sneaky because he'll, if he's in the slot a lot, he's going to see Nickel Roby Coleman. That's advantage Shepard. Jalen Rager gets an upgrade in this one against Isaac Yidum, uh, and I think I pronounced that correctly. Anyway, uh, Yidum gave up the 68-yard score to Terry McLaurin last week. If you were watching that game, and really why I think that matchup is going to be is because the last time we saw James Bradbury was on Deshaun Jackson. He's not obviously playing in this one, so I expect him to shadow Travis Fulgham, which you would think maybe it's a downgrade for Ful- Fulgham a little bit, but last week, you know, we saw Bradbury on McLaren and he ended up being just fine, so Fulgham could even struggle in Bradbury's coverage, but he's not going to be on him 100% of the time. That just doesn't happen in the NFL, so I think Fulgham's still a wide receiver to play this week. Tampa and Carolina downgrading both Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore is a really interesting player down the stretch just because he's still out snapping everybody else there. I know you don't get points for snaps, but it's an indicator. That's what it is. It's an indicator. That being said, I think Anderson gets the star treatment. Gets Carlton Davis here. He's traveled with opposing number ones five times this season, including last week against Michael Thomas. catch rate, 10.5 yards per catch allowed. As for DJ Moore, I mean, Jamel Dean's not any better of a matchup, 9.7 yards per catch, just 2.8 catches per game. So downgrading both of those guys, but I am upgrading Curtis Samuel. Every so often I get these stats where I'm like, nah, that's not right. No way. Way, bro. Way. He has allowed 36 catches on 40 targets. Like, that's almost unbelievable that some of those targets aren't just, like, off target. Like, they're all basically on target, and they're all basically being caught. So, Curtis Samuel is rolling over the last two weeks. I think it continues here. I would say it's neutral for Brown, Evans, and Godwin on the other side of this one. There are parts to this Panther secondary that are, you know, pretty good, man. Uh, Razul Douglas is having a career year, 10.8 yards per catch. Corn Elder's doing a nice job in the slot, 61% catch rate, 8.6 yards per catch, so he's keeping everything in front of him. Dante Jackson is the weak link. He's allowed 11 catches for 153 and a score over his last two games. So there's hope, you know, for Evans, for Godwin, for Antonio Brown, when they move around, they get on uh, Jackson. But we could also see, by the way, a bit of a shadow. If we see Razul Douglas shadow Mike Evans, then Antonio Brown could go nuts in this one. Just saying, just throwing that out there. Uh, And by the way, last week was after Tom Brady's bedtime. As somebody who goes to bed early myself, I'm old, I'm boring, I'm corny, I get it. But when it gets a little too late, like occasionally, like if we hang out with friends and it's like midnight, (laughs) you know, like 20, 25-year-old Jeff would have been raring to go. (laughs) Big JR would have came out. Uh, Jeff now, 2020 Jeff is like, "Mm, I want to go to bed. (laughs) Because I want to wake up early and grind tape or whatever I do, grind spreadsheets. Yep, this is what it's come to. Anyway, Denver and the Raiders. Jerry Judy, we've got to keep an eye on his status in practice, but man, did he break out last week. And the Vegas corners are allowing a very nice 69% catch rate. So I like Judy this week. Judy doesn't play, though. I like Tim Patrick. And even if Judy plays, I think Tim Patrick's kind of a sneaky DFS option. I'm just gonna call it neutral for the Raiders wideouts. I mean, Henry Ruggs could break any slate, but they just don't throw the ball to the wideouts. Nine targets for the receivers last week. Darren Waller had ten. You know, he out targeted all the receivers. So something to think about there. Chargers in Miami. The Miami defense is playing good football. Xavier Howard didn't shadow last week. He just played his side, so he well, he didn't really have to shadow because DeAndre Hopkins didn't move. But anyway, I don't think he's going to shadow, but I do think Mike Williams sees plenty of them. Of course, Mike Williams is a downfield threat, 8 out of 17 yards downfield. But Howard's only allowed 22 catches and 31 routes covered this season, so doing a very nice job. It's a downgrade for Mike Williams. It's a downgrade for Devontae Parker. Casey Hayward, who he'll see roughly on half of his routes, is allowing a 45% catch rate. So, He's Tua's to top target, but I don't love DeMonte Parker. But I do love Keenan Allen, man. Double digit targets, just ink it in. Get the Sharpie out. Double digits. 10 plus. And especially out of the slot against Nick Needham, he's allowing also a very nice 69% catch rate and uh, 12.5 yards per. Uh, so Allen's going to feast in this one. Buffalo, Arizona, the aforementioned DeAndre Hopkins. Wasn't shadowed, but Cliff, man, move him around. Only... he. 83% of his, his snaps have been at uh, left wide receivers. So move him around a little bit, maybe. Anyway, um, he will very likely see Tredavious White for a good chunk of this game. Trey White, coming off a down week, actually. Four catches for 120 and a score, but it was Seattle. So can we really hold that against him? Otherwise, he's been really good this season. So Hopkins, not a guy I'd pay up for in DFS, but obviously you're starting him in season long. Christian Kirk, as well, tough matchup. Levi Wallace is kind of flying under the radar, having a decent year. 10.9 yards per catch, 61% catch rate. So I don't mind Levi Wallace uh, and how he's done. It's a little bit of a tough matchup for Christian Kirk. We know he's got upside though. On the other side, upgrade for Stephon Diggs and John Brown if he's good to go. I'm I'm not worried about Patrick Peterson. 14.2 yards per catch. I mean, if it was a half decade ago, sure, I'd be worried about him, but not in 2020. Drake Kirkpatrick, certainly not worried about him. You might remember him from the Tyler Lockett game, but uh, 75% catch rate, so they they get an upgrade there. Speaking of Tyler Lockett, well, of course, Seattle facing the Rams. Uh, it's a neutral matchup for the Seattle passing game. It, Jalen Ramsey didn't play last week due to a non-COVID illness, but he'll be back. Darius Williams is having a breakout year. That secondary is really awesome, and I think this is gonna be a, a fascinating litmus test for both the Seattle offense and and the LA defense. Seattle's passing game is seemingly unstoppable. And the Rams, there is a case to be made that that's the best secondary in the league. I mean, you could argue the Ravens for sure, but the Rams are right up there. You know, they're one of the better in the league. So what happens when these two face each other? So we're using them as we normally would, the Seattle wideouts, and I love the Rams wideouts. Cooper Cup, 20 targets against the Dolphins. He's facing DJ Reed, Who's just been toast over the last two weeks? Twelve catches for four, on fourteen targets for 193 yards in his coverage. Yikes! Bob Woods against Quentin Dunbar on the outside. Dunbar has allowed three scores in the last three games, one per game, and 18 catches by the way over that span as well. So six per game is my math tends to say right there. Uh, San Francisco, New Orleans. I'm not going to hold anything against Mike uh, Michael Thomas from last week because what could we really, you know, what could we really draw from that game? But I will say that this is a potentially tough matchup if he does get the shadow from Jason Verrett. Verrett allowing 1.9 receptions per game, 10.8 yards per reception. So what I would say is with Verrett, I'm not going to use Thomas in DFS, but obviously season long you have to. I actually like the matchup for Manny Sanders, by the way. He's going to face Emmanuel Mosley if that shadow goes to Thomas and Mosley's given up three scores in the last two games, 12 receptions over that span. Marshawn Lattimore has balled out against Mike Evans. (laughs) This season against Mike Evans, four targets. This is two games worth of play. Four targets, zero catches. This season against every other receiver not named Mike Evans, 28 catches on 37 targets. That's not very good. And 395 receiving yards. That's 14.1 per catch. And, but wait, there's more. We'll throw in a free shammy. Four touchdowns allowed. I'm not really buying in on I think this is a neutral matchup for Iuk, but I'm not really buying in on like, oh, Marshawn Lattimore really turned a corner. I don't know about that. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh upgrading Juju, Claypool, Deontay Johnson. I actually prefer Claypool out of them because of the 13 targets last week, but I love the matchup for Juju out of the slot. LaShawn Sims allowing a uh, 76% catch rate. So, Juju should have no problem there, but on the outside, I'm not really that worried about William Jackson. He's pretty solid this season, but in his last outing, four catches for 69 yards, nice, and a score to the Titans. So, I'm not especially intimidated by him, and then, of course, uh, Darius Phillips is allowing 15.9 yards per catch, so I like all three of those guys, provided Ben is in the clear. We'll find out about that on Saturday. Uh, I'm not calling it a full blown upgrade for Tyler Boyd, but it's not a bad matchup in the slot against Cameron Sutton if they do use Sutton in the slot again. Uh, three catches for 66 yards is what he allowed last week. That's a, that's a high number for a slot corner. T Higgins neutral, but you know, hey, it's Joe Hayden on nearly half of his routes. 51% catch rate for Hayden is is stingy, but he's also allowing on 13.6 yards per coverage. So if if Higgins does. Get his hand on the football. It should be a relatively efficient day. So more of a neutral matchup. All right, coming down the home stretch, two games to go. Baltimore and New England. Jacoby Myers is going to be in over his head. I know he had 12 catches for 169 yards. That was against the Jets. This is against the Ravens. Jimmy Smith, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters. Like I said, probably I I think, you know, most people would say that's the best secondary in the league. And they've played like it this year. You know, I'm not definitely not going to downplay these guys. They are all. Uh, rock solid. Both Jimmy Smith and Marlon Humphrey under 10 yards per catch allowed. Marcus Peters 58% catch rate, so all good there. I think Marquise Brown though on the other side is really interesting. So ordinarily I would be like, yep, downgrade, not playing him, fade him, bro. But Brashad Perryman, and Denzel Mims just just took it to this secondary, and they're downfield guys. Marquise Brown is a downfield guy. Now the one problem the Ravens are talking Lamar Jackson saying that opposing teams know exactly what play they're going to run, which is uh, not good. Is somebody banging on trash cans at these games? What the hell? How do they know? (laughs) But uh, hopefully they get that straightened out there. There's some potential here. JC Jackson's really been struggling. Nine catches for 181 yards and two scores over the last two games. So Brown should have really no problem if they can get him the football. Uh, Let's round it out with Monday Night Football, Minnesota-Chicago. Not really downgrading Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson because of the matchup, but Chicago's secondary is pretty tough. Let's not get that twisted. That being said, I'm downgrading them because they're not going to throw the freaking football. They've thrown the ball 34 times over the last two weeks. So, yeah, downgrade. Uh, Wide receiver twos in season long, and if you're playing any contests with the Monday game, I I don't want to use those guys. I am upgrading Allen Robinson on the other side. This secondary man, Chris Boyd is now out there, so they got Jeff Gladney. Cam Dantzler could be back. Boyd has allowed 13 catches on 16 targets for 14.4 yards per catch this season. Gladney and Dantzler have combined for nine receiving scores allowed. Yeah, upgrade Allen Robinson. And DFS-wise, upgrade Darnell Mooney. Not going to use him in season long, but sneaky sneaky for DFS for sure. All right, that wraps things up today. Uh, By the way, uh, we've been running this promo code over at FTN, uh, which is Masters in honor of, let me check my notes, Uh, the Masters. (laughs) It's 20% off, but we also have a special deal going on for season-long fantasy football. If you want to try us out straight on through the Super Bowl, it's only 20 bucks. You don't get it for- beyond the the Super Bowl, but we just actually announced that today. So if you want to get in, it includes all playoff fantasy football stuff. So if you want to get in through the Super Bowl, twenty bucks to just try it out. I mean, not too shabby right there. and could you know there's still plenty of time left before the fantasy championship, so we could help help you take down that league. Is that worth twenty bucks to you? It's worth twenty bucks to me. Also, one other note, if you play NBA DFS or if you like to dabble in the sports betting world for NBA, we have an early bird for ftndaily.com's NBA sub and ftnbets.com's NBA subscription. If you didn't know what sub meant, it's 175 bucks. I know it sounds a lot like a lot, but get this: if you break it down by day, it's one dollar a day for the NBA season. That only lasts for the next three days. So it's and and with NBA, you're gonna get my player prop bets, which. You know I love. I love me some player props. All right, so go check all that out. Appreciate you. Appreciate everybody reviewing the show on Apple. If you haven't already, open up the Apple Podcast app on your iPhone if you have one. Go to my podcast, scroll to the bottom, click the stars, and that's it. We're gonna have a celebration coming up soon for getting to a thousand reviews. I really appreciate that. I see you, rat pack. I see you. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. And use the hashtag RatPack, Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. And seriously, go check out that Chris Carson thing if you haven't seen it already on my Twitter. It's re goddamn ridiculous, I tell you. But what is isn't is Friday matchups. We will be back tomorrow on the flip side for that podcast. Week 10, baby. Enjoy the football tonight. I'll catch you tomorrow. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.